When we hear stories about World War I, there is often very little mention of the contribution Muslim soldiers made in the effort for empire, king and country. But the fact is that hundreds of thousands of Muslims from British India signed up to join one of the largest volunteer armies in the history of the world. Muslims were among the 50,000 and more who died at Ypres in Belgium, and their names are inscribed at the Menin Gate Memorial to the Missing, alongside those of their counterparts from London and Liverpool. In 1917, on the occasion of Eid marking the end of Ramadan, one Muslim soldier wrote from France, about 1,500 men assembled and prayers were offered for the victory of our king. I'm Ramona Ali, and in this edition of Things Unseen, I'll be hearing about the contribution and sacrifices made by Muslim soldiers in World War I, and asking what their legacy means to Muslims in Britain today. To start, I've come to the Ministry of Defence for the launch of the Armed Forces Muslim Forum, a platform for the hundreds of Muslim military servicemen and women serving Queen and country today. And in a sense, 100 years on, following in the footsteps of their Muslim military forefathers of the Great War. With me is Imam Asim Hafiz, who is the Islamic religious advisor to the Armed Forces. Asim, how much awareness is there among the armed forces today that Muslims are such a great part of Britain's World War I history? There is a lot of awareness within the armed forces as to the diversity within the contribution made by people in the First World War. However, I think this year has helped us increase that awareness because commemorating the centenary of the First World War I think both within the armed forces and outside within the community, a lot more needs to be done to raise awareness that actually people of all different faiths, cultures, backgrounds, nationalities, ethnicities and races actually spilled their blood to make Britain what it is today. And at this time when the Great War is commemorated in books and TV programmes everywhere, what have you found out about the Muslim contribution to World War I that has struck you particularly? The one thing that struck me in particular is the sheer numbers that actually contributed. In excess of 400,000 Muslims volunteered to come and fight for Britain. And what also struck me much more is the loyalty and commitment with which they served. It's really unparalleled. Are there any stories of any individuals that have impressed you in particular? Well, I don't know the name of the individual, but I was listening to a story of a Muslim soldier on the front line talking about how cold it was, that it's like they were on a different planet because they'd never seen climate such as the one they were experiencing in Belgium and France. But even within that, he found the strength to fall back on his faith, to fast in Ramadan, to pray also to again express that commitment to a cause that he felt was worth fighting for. And he was writing this in a letter to his family thousands of miles away. You know, again, soldiers from the front line writing out to their families saying, we don't know if we'll ever see you again, but know that we are doing this for a good cause. All these stories really make the hair on my back stand up every time I think about them and talk about them. And how much inspiration do you think that Muslim servicemen and women today take from such stories? 
I think they take an amazing amount of inspiration from that. I must say we do need to do a lot more to raise awareness of those stories, both within the Muslim community and non-Muslim community. And I think it's really important for them to know that because they need to know that their service is not something new, but it's a continuation of a really rich heritage. Now let's ask a few of the Muslim service personnel themselves here about the First World War. Hello, I am uh, squad leader Zahoor Hussain. I'm a serving member in the Royal Air Force. I think it's important that we recognize the contribution that fellow Muslims have made during the First World War. You know, we are settled here in this country and it's obvious that we would want to be loyal to this country and serve the United Kingdom. What a wonderful thing that so long ago, before Muslims had even seen these shores, that we had people serving alongside the British forces. And do you have any personal connections to the First World War? My grandfather served during the First World War, and for me to reach back with all that history and tradition, I'm very, very proud. My name is Captain Naveed Mohammed, and I'm a career manager with the Reserve Unit in the Midlands. What does it mean to you that Muslim soldiers fought for the British Empire a hundred years ago in the First World War? I think that's something that needs to be reinvigorated. The knowledge base on that is quite low, not only within the Muslim community, but in society in general. So I think it's quite important that we realise, especially in this year, the centenary, that uh, the sacrifices made by Muslims in the First World War are recognised. I find myself in quite a fortunate position where I've had the pleasure to take to Flanders a number of young people, Muslims and non-Muslims, young and old, and most of them have never had that experience before when they read the names that they can associate with on the walls, uh, names such as Muhammad Khan, etc., etc., and that in itself is quite powerful. I'm with Baroness Sayed Warsi and she's just going to share a few thoughts about the Muslim contribution in World War One. Well, for me, it's incredibly personal, not just for the First World War, but for the Second World War, where both my paternal and maternal grandfather served in the British Indian Army. And I think where so often people question the place of Muslims in Britain, I think it's incredibly important for us to remember and remind ourselves that 100 years ago, as we now commemorate the First World War, Muslims were giving their blood and their lives for this country. My name is Rubab Mehdi Rizvi and I'm a human rights defender and an interfaith campaigner. It's a bit of a nostalgia there because my grandfather fought and he was in the Air Force. What I've seen is some pictures. He had this air around him. I am very proud of that generation. They had humanity. Essentially, when you talk about that era, you're talking about defending your countries, you're talking about standing up for your people. And I saw a humanitarian in him. I am very proud to be his granddaughter, yes. So my name's Julie Siddiqui and I'm the national coordinator of the Big Iftar. The Big Iftar is encouraging Muslims to open up their Ramadan to invite people into their homes, into their mosques for food and conversation. And how do you feel about the Muslim contribution to the First World War? Yeah, I mean, it's really something I don't really know that much about and I've really started to sort of look into it now. But I think it's so important that young people, as well as people my sort of age in their 40s, really get an idea of the contribution, what happened. You know, the real stories, I think, the personal stories and how they link to Britain. I think it's crucial. And people talk about loyalty and you kind of think, you know, what are you talking about? If people gave their lives for this country, there's not much more that you can ask than that. Mm. I'm really glad it's a centenary. I think it will give people a really good focus. I mean, I'm certainly going to do a bit more research, find out a bit more, learn more. And I think that's what we all need to do, really. I've 
We've now moved on to the Living Islam Festival in Lincolnshire, a huge festival that brings together at least 6,000 Muslims of all ages for a long weekend of worship, learning and family fun. And here as elsewhere, the Muslim contribution to the British war effort in World War I is a big talking point this year. Jahan Mahmood is a historian who has studied the Muslim involvement in World War I, and he's with me now. Jahan, can you tell me how many Muslims were actually recruited into the British Indian Army during the First World War? Approximately a third of the men that enlisted into the British Indian Army were Muslim. The overall number was 1.2 million, so in the region of about 400,000. And were these all volunteer recruits? Largely volunteers, but some were conscripts as well that were forced to fight. And that was a draconian form of recruitment that took place predominantly in the Punjab region under a controversial governor called Michael O'Dwyer, who uh, imposed what was actually labelled by the British press as terrorist recruitment methods, where recruiters had family members and children kidnapped to ensure that the recruiters met the quota for the month. But there was a substantial number who did sign up voluntarily, and what do we know about their motivation to join the war effort? Three main reasons that motivated these men. Pay, the idea of adventure, and the fact that they came from martial traditions that deemed military occupation as a worthy form of employment. From today's perspective, though, many were fighting a war that was not their own, or not India's in any case. Did they think that way in those days? Well... Largely, the men that fought for Britain were from the kind of lower and middle peasantry. The main motivator was money. There was really no concept of India as a nation at the time. It was more broken up into small clans and villages, or villages along clan lines, and they were largely disconnected from each other. And Britain took full advantage of that. The local village heads, or some parts of the landed aristocracy, would sign up to uh, some form of agreement with Britain, which was that we provide the cannon fodder and that ultimately you provide us some level of autonomy in our areas. And that's how it worked, largely in some of the Muslim areas, but not all. The first Indian to receive the Victoria Cross of the First World War was, in fact, a Muslim. Can you tell us a little bit more about that story? Yeah, his name was Khudadad Khan. He was from a city now located in Pakistan called Chakwal. He belonged to one of the warrior traditions called the Rajputs. He won his Victoria Cross, I believe, on 31st October 1914. He held out quite a strategic outpost long enough for British reinforcements to arrive, having saved that position from a German attack. But he continued to man his machine gun, irrespective of the fact that men around him lay there pretty badly injured, some fatally. And he continued single-handedly holding the Germans at bay. And he was awarded... India's first Victoria Cross. If I'm correct, I believe he was actually the first colonial soldier to become a recipient of the Victoria Cross, which is, of course, Britain's highest and most prestigious decoration for valour on the battlefield. Absolutely incredible story. Are there any other stories of individual Muslim soldiers that particularly stand out to you? Quite a few. Mir Das from a city in Pakistan happens to be a Pathan, one of the well-known martial traditions of South Asia. And he brought back the bodies of British and Indian soldiers and officers back to British Trench amid heavy machine gun fire. 
and he was also awarded Victoria Cross. One particular story that stands out for me is a young Bataan guy called Usman Khan, who took a wound to the leg, I believe, and he was advised to go to the field hospital. And he refused. He says, don't worry, I can lie down and I can take out some more Germans. And then he was shot a second time, and this time the damage was more substantial than the first wound that he'd sustained, at which point they had to drag him off the battlefield screaming because he says, I want to carry on fighting, which was quite an intriguing story of dedication and endeavour to that cause. Then there's the story, of course, Shah Ahmed, who becomes a third Muslim VC. And his story is that he was fighting in the Middle East, Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, against fellow Muslims, in this case, the Ottomans. But there are plenty of other stories of Muslims receiving other medals as well. So it wasn't just a Victoria Cross, it was a military cross, and there were a number of Indian decorations as well. How important were Muslim troops to the British Indian Army on the Western Front? The Muslims were very important to Britain's war effort on the Western Front. The first non-British unit to help Britain on the Western Front were actually the 129th Blood Regiment, which was an entirely Muslim regiment. But thereafter, sort of strong mobilisation from India of all the different religious groups. And the Muslims played a very important role in holding that line of defence against the Germans, the Austro-Hungarians and the Ottomans. So they played a pivotal role alongside their fellow Indians. One particular aspect of the Muslim participation in World War I is that they were actually up against the world's most important Muslim superpower at the time, the Ottoman Empire. Could you just give a little context to that? Was it a problem at the time for the Muslim soldiers fighting on the British side? Well, it was because the majority of the Indian army was based in the Middle East. In Mesopotamia in particular, 675,000 men participated from South Asia. The first, if not the second largest religious community would have been Muslims. It was difficult for Muslims to fight fellow Muslims on the battlefield. Not in all cases, but in some cases. And those that refused to fight were court-martialed or some of them were executed. Then there were the Pashtuns who actually walked all the way back to their homeland. One of the reasons they did that was because it wasn't really under British control. Britain didn't control some regions of the northwest frontier province. Whereas in the Punjab, men were much more worried because that was under British domination and influence, and there was a greater chance that they would be court-martialed. How much of a role did religion play on the battlefield for these Muslim soldiers? Well, their faith was important. It was integral. When you're being shelled and shot at, you're going to call on God to protect you and save you. Ultimately, you're signing up to what Britain expects from you, which is that you have to, at all times, obey orders. So religion in this case would take a second seat, of course. But that doesn't stop you, of course, praying or reading Quran. Many stories of soldiers praying and even sending letters to their brothers back home and their relatives in modern-day Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, just saying, don't come out and fight here. It's atrocious. It's like the end of the world. It's hell on earth. So those kind of stories emanating from the trenches and other places. And of course, the fact that to get through that, some of these men prayed and they prayed hard. And were these Muslim soldiers who were killed in action given a Muslim burial? They were. Britain was very careful on ensuring that the rights be met. Religious rights of Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, Gurkhas. The last thing you want, certainly for Britain, is for people to feel that their religion has been disrespected, which could in itself instigate a rebellion. 
like for instance the Indian Mutiny in 1857, which was this allegation that the cartridges had been smeared in pig and cow fat, and that caused a full-scale rebellion. And Britain had learnt lessons from that, and they couldn't be put in that situation again. So therefore, yes, they did respect the religious rights of soldiers on burial or cremation. Do we know how many Muslims who fought on the British side were killed in World War I? The number that we have at hand for the Indian Army in regards to commemoration is 74,000 dead. The Muslim number would be around third, maybe a little less. So we're looking at about 20,000. But then that's not taking into account the injuries. There were some horrific injuries on the battlefield. And the kind of number that we have is 100,000 plus. So once again, about a third, maybe a little less, would have been Muslim. A hundred years on, would you say that the story of Muslim soldiers of World War I is one of heroism, something that should be celebrated? Well, there are individual acts of gallantry. But in the scheme of things, at the time when India is under British control and subjugation, that normally one would ascribe heroics to freedom fighters and trying to liberate their own lands. And if that question was posed to me in modern-day Britain, if our country was invaded by an imperial state, is I would fight for the liberation of Britain. And therefore, given the context and the hindsight that we have today, is that Indians did fight for Britain, and some of them were promised independence from Britain, which was reneged at the end of the war. Therefore, the question is, was it really worth fighting for a foreign force? Apart from being a historian, you do a lot of work with disaffected young people in Birmingham. So how much evidence do you see that young Muslims today are inspired by this part of their history? When you talk about World War I, and it's very important as a historian that I give both accounts for and against, that there's normally a lot of anxiety and people are disappointed at the fact that their ancestors would have fought against fellow Muslims. So it doesn't always go down very well. And I'm not here to encourage or glamorise or lionise the idea of a colonial force. I'm not. You know, as a historian, I'm there to sell both sides of the argument. And I think it's also a great counter-narrative to far-right accusations against Muslims who question them on their loyalty. You know, so I think it's a good response to that kind of hate message. What would you say to people who say, what have Muslims contributed to this country? Well, I think at a time when that question is being posed to Muslims of their loyalty and what they've done, I think the correct answer to that would be that the ancestors of many Muslim families, particularly those from Pakistan, because that's where the brunt of the Muslims were fighting from, so they're in a position to say that we fought for British freedoms and we were denied them in our own homeland. We fought even fellow Muslims, our co-religionists, and that people are still asking a ridiculous question like, what have you Muslims done for Britain? I think it's absurd and quite unfair. Jahar Mahmood, thank you. I'm Ramona Ali, and you've been listening to Things Unseen, the programme for people of all faiths and none, and for those who think there's more to life than the material world. Things Unseen was brought to you by CTVC. And you can hear this programme again and find other editions of Things Unseen at www.thingsunseen.co.uk.